special episode of the Dono Drop here on the Five Reasons Sports Network because it's also a Calcio Connection reunion. We even fired up the Calcio Connection YouTube feed in addition to the Five Reasons Sports YouTube feed where this is simulcasting. I am Alex Dono and a very good friend of mine who's up in Canada, so you know he's a hockey expert. He's also a soccer expert. So the Florida Panthers, uh, they finally got their first ever Stanley Cup Finals victory because remember in 96 they got swept by Colorado. They got their first Stanley Cup Finals win in overtime. Carter Verhage, the hero against Vegas. We have the Champions League final coming up tomorrow with my beloved Inter Milan, the real Inter, taking on uh, Manchester City. Uh, Jerry is also an Italian soccer fan. Jerry, how you been, sir? I've missed you, buddy. I hope you're doing well. It's been too long. It's been too long, and I hope you're doing well as well. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a good playoffs. Uh, that was a really exciting game last night. Panthers oh, winning. Um, I'll, I'll keep it sweet and short. I'm happy they won. Me being a hockey fan in general, I was hoping that this wasn't going to be a sweep. And uh, I think that Florida should be up 2-1 in the series, especially how they played in game one. But, um, yeah, I'm sure that we'll, we'll dissect it. But, yeah, it was a good game last night. Very good game. And I, I, before we even talk about the game, did you see about that reporter in game two? And how the CBS Miami reporter kind of yes, she stiff armed some dude. Oh, I read amazing, fantastic. Eh? I read that on on, uh, on uh, the Athletic, and she kind of got interviewed about it, and basically said that it was like a split decision where she saw them in the corner of her eye with her, yeah. two friends and like they're Vegas fans, and she was prepared for it. And I thought that uh, it was pretty interesting, and you know what? I would put her on that back line for Florida. For real, I guarantee you she would probably be an addition. It, it was crazy. Like she, she was so protective of like this is my live shot right now, and some like probably drunk Vegas fan just you know because you see this happen. You're doing live news, live updates. Some drunk fan they want to video bomb you. They want to get in the shot. That's all it was. But she immediately stiff armed this dude and like shoved him out of the screen. It was fantastic. And then when I watched that clip, I'm like. That's definitely a Miami reporter because that, 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 that's how the reporters do it down here uh, in South Florida. So I, th I thought that was fantastic. And, you know, Jerry, we were just talking and we, we are going to talk Champions League final because I know that a couple of our a uh, couple of our loyals uh, from Calcio Connection uh, are on here like Anthony and our Eduardo. And we miss you guys. I know it's been it's been a minute and it's my fault because my schedule's crazy and I work for like 20 different outlets these days. So I, I had to cut back on the. Calcio podcasting a little bit so we will be talking about the Champions League final if Inter could pull off the miracle against Manchester City but the Florida Panthers Jerry pulled off a minor miracle last night I mean two minutes and change they're down two to one they're about to go down three nothing in the series Kachuk gets the game tying goal the Panthers had to kill off like 50 penalties in that game including one in the start of overtime then they go on the attack Carter Verhage gets the game winner and Jerry what we were just talking about off air, I want to bring it on the air. If the Panthers are going to have any chance to actually win this series, you've got to stay out of the penalty box because you've been going into that box way too often. And Vegas and Jonathan Marcheseau have been killing the Panthers when they go down a man. Oh, it's, it's disgusting. And it's their penalty kill is so dysfunctional. Like, I can't believe how they're in the Stanley Cup finals for having one of the worst penalty kills. Like, it's it's really bad to watch, but when you're down a man seven times in a game on average, it's not going to help your team. Like what penalties do to you is that it takes your star players out of rhythm. 
So a guy like Matthew Kachuk, say who I don't think he does kill penalties, but if he's on the bench for 14 minutes of the game sitting, that idolizes him and, and it takes him right out. Um, and whoever else, I'm not too familiar with the Panthers off the top of my head of who who kills penalties, but just in general, that it, it just takes your it takes you away from a game and. You've heard you've heard coaches say this before, but look in the on the opposite end. You got Vegas, who are perfect on the penalty kill against yeah. Florida. I think they're twelve for twelve on the kill, and like they just need to fix up their penalty kill because you, you're not going to go zero penalties in a game. But just in general, it's got to be better structured. Yeah, no, I I'm completely with that, and. I, do you think the Florida Panthers, Jerry, have a chance in this series? Now, it's funny because both of the local teams here in my area in South Florida who were in the finals, you got the Miami Heat down 2-1 against a really good Denver Nuggets team. They just lost a game at home. Panthers down 2-1 against Vegas. Vegas were favored. Denver were favored. Um, now, one thing the Panthers haven't been lacking, Jerry, throughout this postseason run is clutch goal scoring. Uh, you know, for Aggie, who was the hero last night, he scored uh, the game-winning goal against Boston in Game 7. Matthew Kachuk has scored a ton of game-winning goals. So you you kind of feel like if, if if you got a tie game in overtime or a one-goal game, you need a clutch goal, somebody on the Panthers is going to give it to you. How much of a chance do you give them in this series? Oh, I, I think that I give them a full chance. It's like I know a lot of people are going to write them off for tomorrow night thinking that they're not going to be able to pull it off again. I think there's two question marks that hinder on, on Florida season is how banged up is Matthew Kachuk because he came back after he came, he started the second period, he had a shoulder injury and you saw that he wasn't the same player and it was kept on being talked about on the broadcast that his stick handling, just the way he was holding the stick, it just didn't look the same. But the guy who comes up clutch to tie the game is Matthew Kachuk. Uh, Brandon Montour, I'm surprised I was trying to research if he's going to play tomorrow. I guess his injuries maybe just was just a, a sore at the moment of his shoulder. But if it seems like he's going to play. I haven't seen anything saying otherwise. Uh, so I think he's going to play tomorrow. But well, I'm sure we'll know more morning skate and all that tomorrow. So those are two players that are key if, if Florida is to have any chance. Now, here's another thing. The path to the finals I was reading today by Peace by Pierre Lebron was really good, actually. And Sorry, not Pierre LeBron, Don LeChizan. And he said that this is the toughest road to the NHL has been Florida Panthers. They had to play the top five teams. Yeah. Four of the top five teams to get there. They've taken out Boston. They've taken out the Leafs. They've taken out Carolina. Um, I think they've seen all kind of different roads, how to win. They came da back down from 3-1 against Boston. A very resilient, good team structured. They beat... Toronto in five in one goal games. And that's not easy either. And then they swept Carolina who is not easy by any stands. So I think they have the fortitude and, and, and the, the, the mindset to know how to come back and play in different situations. And the biggest thing is that Bobrovsky had his best game since game four against yeah. Carolina. So Bob looked back, he looked like on his game yesterday and, and if he can start, Playing that uh, that kind of goal goaltender where he can steal games, I think mm -hmm. that uh, Florida can get back in. And the last thing is, you're never out of it until you lose at home. So, exactly. 
That's that's a great point. So far, everyone's taking care of home ice so far. Yeah, yeah. you're right. So that that's so pivotal. I think they have a better chance in the Miami Heat. I'll, I'll go that far. You know, I, I tend to agree um, because Denver and specifically with the way Jokic and Murray have been playing, I mean, they just had tandem 30-point triple doubles, which has never been done by two teammates in the regular season or in the playoffs ever until – couple nights ago and Denver's size gives the heat a difficult time I think the Florida Panthers just they match up a little bit better and more evenly with Vegas uh, by the way I want to let people know if you're just getting in here in a couple minutes we're going to start our Champions League final preview conversation my beloved Inter are taking on Manchester City uh, I'm going to bring in uh, my good buddy Kane Webb who's already in the waiting room who is a he's a big time City fan so we can go back and forth a little bit Jerry can be the referee and then in about uh, seven eight minutes from now Uncle Sharma, who runs I, I, Jerry, is it fair to say when it comes to inter YouTubers, Uncle Sharma is the king, right? I mean, I, I don't think anybody runs a more successful inter YouTube channel than Sharma. He is the fucking man. I think he's probably top three of inter out there. Um, he's he's well recognized. Yeah, um, people love him. That's all absolutely. I and, and I love like his his post game videos are, are always uh, a must for me. Uh, I want to read this uh, this message that came in from Eduardo. And Eduardo, you got to fix this, Ed. Uh, he says, I live 20 minutes from FLA Live Arena. That's where the Florida Panthers play and have never been to a hockey game. Probably it's time to go. Jerry, I know you know this as well as I do. The difference versus watching hockey live in the arena against watching it on TV, the difference is massive. It's a completely different experience. I think you have to experience it live before you can even appreciate it on television because it's a completely different thing in person. If you like European football, you'll like I, I think the, the there's a good comparison to hockey and soccer. Like like the, just the tactics, being in the right place. It's like having to move the ball on the first pass. Hockey's the same way. When you move out from the back, you gotta be a quick first pass. If you're if you're like inter tomorrow, you're on the back, you don't just hold the ball and make a, a, a slow molasses pass. You gotta be quick to move. And it, it, it's all it's not just one guy who wins the game. It's it's five on a on an ice and it's eleven on a pitch. So they they very synchronized in a lot of ways, which I why well, they're my two favorite sports, but watching a game live, I went to four games this year. And nothing was better than the Buffalo game where I sat behind the bench and I told all the players oh, wow. off. It was great, man. Like, <laughs> like it, it, it's a different atmosphere. But nothing, nothing's like football because it's like it's like going to church. It's like there's like a everyone unites for something. It's like you right. sing and there's like the the anthems and there's a culture to it, right? So, but yeah, hockey games live. I would say are more fun to watch the game. Basketball atmosphere is better. Mm. How, uh, that's how I look at it. When I go to a Raptor game, I find that the atmosphere is much better because I think it's it's the design of you can walk around and like there's stop and goes and there's like entertainment between the breaks and it gets the kids involved. Whereas at a hockey game, it's like you're there to watch the game, man. Like that's how I find it. It's yeah. hard to engage a lot. There are intermission shows. I'm not sure how. Like Vegas does a great job. Like they suck everybody in. If anybody, oh, they have watch, like all, all the performers from the strip. They like they bring them all into the arena. It's it's like a, it's it's crazy what they do there. It's awesome. 
I heard Florida does a great job too, though. They they do a nice job. I mean, it's not they don't have like the same type of pageantry that Vegas has, but they do a nice job. All right, I want to segue to the uh, the Champions League final conversation. And you know, I, I was reading this morning, um, and and obviously uh, Manchester City are they're heavy favorites. I didn't realize till I was reading this morning. Apparently, they are the biggest betting favorite in Champions League final history. So wow, I mean, listen, I will take it as an Interista. I do not mind going into this game as a big underdog. And I don't know if our pal Kane Webb, uh, my buddy for a long time, and you can see him, he's he's rocking the kit. He's a Man City supporter. Being such a heavy favorite, does, does that make you a little nervous? Because that puts a lot of pressure on City. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I like hearing that, man. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I, I was feeling good until you mentioned that. No, I, don't, I don't feel good. It's like, <laughs> I don't know if anybody wants that, right? Like, I have a traumatic memory from the uh, very, very – first like USC home game that I went to was the 2007 Stanford game where they were 41 point favorites. Oh God. And then lost 24, 23. And what was like, (laughs) so man, I don't know if I need that on my, on my conscience, man. Why'd you have to tell me that? Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm trying to make you nervous or something. Now, little gamesmanship. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think you should be too nervous. Like to be at least as far as like the form that City have been in, and both of these clubs are in in their best form of the season, which is you know it, it works out very well to reach the Champions League final when you're playing your best soccer of the season to this point. Uh, so you know as far as yeah, as far as City, they, they seem pretty healthy. And even for a guy like Pep, who tends to overthink his starting 11s in big games, it seems like it's probably a pretty easy team sheet for him to fill out tomorrow. You you would think that this would be the easiest thing in the world, right? But I thought so a couple of years ago prior to Chelsea. Yeah. And then we saw how that turned out. And I guess, like... I think any self-respecting City fan tomorrow has got to feel good. But I know the comment that that is would be thrown out is, I need to see the team sheet. I need to see the team sheet. Like, it doesn't matter whether you're talking about City's Champions League final. Or even if you go to the last time before that, when Guardiola uh, brought Bayern in and he played with a back three yeah. <laughs> against that Barca team. And you just... So it's not like you have to single out Pep City moments to find these completely baffling team sheets in decisions that they go with prior to these big games. But, I mean, you would think that Holland, like, right, like that's the big difference maker here for right. everyone, right? It's Holland, right? He's the guy that's made the difference for this team. And you would think, that would be why Pep would just go with his strongest. I just, I think you can never count out Pep screwing it up until the very final whistle has blown. Jerry, what, what do you think? Because you're obviously uh, between the three of us, you are, you are the most impartial. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, because you cheer for a rival of Inter and City. Uh, I don't think you're going to lose too much sleep if, if City win this title. Or, no, you know, like, Nobody, there's no like SEC cheer grouping here with right. soccer. Right. And college <laughs> no self-respecting Liverpool fan is like, well, I really hope City crutch it tomorrow. You know, nobody. You know, you, you, it's, it's funny you bring that up because, like, Jerry, and Jerry, you remember this from a few years ago when when Juventus made it to those uh, to those Champions League finals. Their annoying fans were like, wait, how come all the other Serie A fans aren't cheering for us? You should be cheering for your country. 
Are, are any of those Juve fans cheering for Inter tomorrow? I highly doubt that. So, I mean, they, they seem to have expected that. Uh, I don't think they're offering that today. But, Jerry, as the most impartial on this panel, is we're also going to bring in Uncle Sharma here, who's looking very dapper today. Jerry, what, what, what do you think? Um, what kind of a chance do you give Inter to pull it off tomorrow? I give them a very good chance to win it. Why not? Simone Inzaghi has won his last six finals. Now, I know they're not Champions League finals, so I, I will take that with a grain of salt and, and take that into perspective that the competition has been nowhere near to what Man City is. But when City has 9,000 infractions and, and basically FFP cheated their way out, I'm sorry, Kane, I, I, I can't support Man City. Not even not even with a grain of no shot, man. I know a lot of Lazio fans are like, why is this guy cheering for Inter? Well, the reason why is Simone Inzaghi. That's, that's where it's always going to come down to is that I will always have respect for what he did as a Lazio coach. And this guy is so underrated that he can take the worst player to, to, the, to the highest level. Like, I think that as long as – is he, is he stays calm and doesn't overreact with his substitutions. Like the, the, the calm Simone Inzaghi is, is what's going to help Inter tomorrow. I think that's where his approach is. When he starts to overreact mm -hmm. and then makes nine substitutions in, in one minute. Oh, I don't think they'll it, let you it, make nine. Like, <laughs> you, 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 well, I'm being a, a little I, I dramatic, you, but, <laughs> but Simone Inzaghi does three, four shots in the 70th minute. And I got my wife watching half the time with me when Lazio used to play with him. And she'll be like, why are we making four subs, three subs in, in 20 minutes left when you had 20 minutes earlier to make that critical change? And I think that's where his part of his game really has to be. He's got to be proactive tomorrow. But again, then Man City, remember Chelsea should have lost to Man City a couple of years ago. And it took one bad bounce and it was a one nothing game. And what did Chelsea do? They sat back and soaked it in, right? So, yeah, and I absolutely I love this panel right now. Uh, we got the reunion here with Jerry and I back together. We got my pal Kane giving you the Man City perspective, and we have the number one inter YouTuber on planet Earth. And Uncle Sharma, I got to <laughs> tell you, man, the most especially with the form Inter have been in, winning what 11 of their last 12 matches, watching the Uncle Sharma post game recaps are always an enjoyable thing after victories, especially, but even after losses and draws. How are you, sir? No, thank you for very kind, but the world misses culture connection, guys. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, oh, Jerry, Alex, the duo, the, the the dynamic duo, you guys all missed. So it's good to see you guys uh, back together. And yeah, I'm glad to be part of the the reunion and I'm ready. I'm ready for tomorrow. And Jerry, Jerry, I want I want to let you ask the first question to Sharma because I know you, you had detailed notes, so I don't want to steal your thunder. Uh, if you have any questions for Sharma about what Simone and Zaghi's team sheet may look like tomorrow night, I feel bad because I don't have any questions for King. I don't really follow Man City, but I, I can. I'll, I'll pick your brain still, so it's okay. <laughs> but I think I think this is the first question: is the number nine position, and who would you start between Jekyll and Lukaku? And I want you to take into consideration. And I think no one's thinking about this because everyone thinks that Man City is just going to walk over Inter. This, there's a possibility that it can go to penalties. So who would you who would you prefer to start? You got Jekko, who's playing his former team, and you got Lukaku, who looks revitalized. So a lot of motiv motivation on both sides, right? Yeah. 
No, it's, it's the question that's burning within the Inter community at the moment. Everyone's asking, is, is it Dzeko or Lukaku? Yeah, I've been, I've been in a team Lukaku for the last, you know, more than a month now. This guy is back. He looks like the Lukaku that we had on the Conte. And it just tactically it makes so much sense to me just to have Lukaku like, you know, Man City will play a high line. There will be space in behind. Um yeah, it just makes sense to me. And the best partnership in my mind is Lukaku Lautaros. Lula. So to me, yeah, Lula is the one. But I, I also do understand, like the as you said, if it goes to extra time, if it goes to penalties, you know, you probably want the impact of Lukaku as a substitute rather than Jekyll as a substitute. And Lukaku is better at penalties. I mean, he's probably the best penalty taker in, uh, or probably one of the best around at the moment. So I can see both arguments, but I know. I think Alex knows as well that the Jekyll will be the one to start because that's yeah seems to be Inzaghi's preferred option, right? I, I feel the same way. I agree with everything you said, from your opinion to what is probably actually going to happen. Well, what about you know so, some other players? Uh, you know, Henrik Mkhitaryan is at least going to be you know healthy enough to to be on the bench. And, and what about Skriniar? Uh, do, do you think Inzaghi will probably not start him? Right? I mean, J- Jerry and I were just uh, talking about that off air. Uh, do, you, do you expect any outside of Jekyll probably? Starting up front, do you expect any other surprises in the starting eleven? No, I think um, I think Guardiola probably on the Man City side. I probably expect that he's the one that sometimes does a bit of surprises here and there, like we remember. Yeah, <laughs> the Champions League. I mean, I just Chelsea brought it up. I, said, I brought up the Bayern yeah. game. You know, you don't even have to go to City and, and Pep Guardiola. You can go to the Bayern game against Barca, and, and he played mm-hmm. a back three. And I think everyone was like, "What? What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, but with, with Inzaghi, with the, on our side, like we've had it for two years now. <laughs> we know this guy. We know what he's what he's about. Always three five two. Never changed the formation, and we know now this is this tried and tested team. Skriniar, he's not match fit. It's not even about the off field stuff. Like people are childish about all that stuff. Like right. if he was fit, if he was hundred percent fit, then yeah, he would start in my in my eyes. But he he didn't play a minute since March, I think. So. Yeah, to me, it makes no sense to even even as a substitute, I would be like cautious about bringing him on because this is the intensity of this game is going to be different level. So no, Mkhitaryan as a substitute, and I'm happy Brozovic, Barella, um, Hakan midfield. So I, I, I want I wanted to ask Kane real quick um, if we can go because obviously from from my perspective and I'm sure from Sharma's perspective, there's a lot to be concerned about from Manchester City. <laughs> but yeah. what, what about on your side? Is there anything, Kane, that would concern you uh, as a City backer where you think that this might be an area that Inter could exploit? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the thing that comes up, the first thing that pops into my mind is while he wasn't necessarily, you know, part of this team as there's been a massive turnover – there are still going to be people at the club, whether on the training staff, whether at the front office, the back office, who are absolutely going to remember Ed and, and his time with the club. He, uh, Jekko was, was a steward of Manchester City, you know, before he moved on to Serie A. 
And I think the city fans would definitely be excited to see him back. There's always a ton of respect that's been laid at, at Jekko's feet for obvious reasons. I mean, you go back to the QPR game, you know, you, you don't have that without Jekko. And nobody, nobody is ever going to take that away from him. So I, I do think, you know, I, I mean, but beyond Jekko, this is a good team. But I think the thing that stands out to me the most about Inter is that there's a team here filled with a lot of really talented players. But if you ask Inter what makes them so good, it's the team aspect, you know? Whereas if you ask what makes City good, it might be the individual quality of the players. And I know that they buy in. I know that they're there with Pep. But I just think if if you're looking if you're looking for little things that could creep in, right? Little things that can creep in before a big game. There's been these questions about who settled at the club, who may move on, who may do this, who may do that. You know, what is it time for this person to move on? Is this person falling out with Pep? And I just think that when you have some of those slight things just permeating in the background, however big, however small they may be, any one of those things can creep into the mind of any one individual player the day of, the day before a game like this and can eat away at it. And until, like Uncle Sharma mentioned, until you see that team sheet, until you know that Pep isn't going to surprise himself, surprise the City fans, I don't think you can be overly confident. I just don't, I, I don't think this is, like a uh, uh, you know, like the World Cup final where you had a good Croatia team against a team that everybody expect. I don't think that's what you're looking at here. You have two really good teams, and City have known to lose against teams that are capable of playing compact, playing well, and playing as a unit. So, I just I, I think there's a lot to be concerned about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go off top here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I know at the beginning, at the beginning, I said that Simone Inzaghi and his substitutions. The more I think about it, the more I think he's only. I'll, I'll make a bet that he only does two to three substitutions tomorrow. I think that he's gonna play his best players. He starts from the beginning, and he's gonna roll out with it. I, I don't think he's gonna make. This is the last game of the season, and I think he's gonna go full out his best guys, and he's gonna run it to the ground because. There's no game next week. So you have to keep that in mind that I see the same can't be said about Man City because you have enough depth that you can substitute a center back for another center back. You can substitute a forward for another forward. You can substitute a midfield for another midfield. Quality drops, though. I really think it does. When you're talking about going somebody from like a Stones who's kind of merged from being not just a center back to really being what that really preferred in having that central defensive midfielder who can sort of operate both as a point man and a main defender, there's a sincere quality drop off. And, you know, you, you, I'm not sure what the average age of Inter is, but I would point out that when you get to the oh, back end of these yeah. players, the city, especially in the midfield with city, Gundawan, De Bruyne, look, De Bruyne is an amazing player, but he's 30, 31, 32 years old, man. There's a lot of miles on, on some of most in cities, port, important players in the midfield. 
And as that game creeps on, after all of the competitions in which City have played, after all of the finals that they've been doing to try to get to this point, you have to wonder where's the mileage on those legs? Where are these players going to be if substitutions are need to be called on? I, I don't know. Yeah, but if you're Inter, look at their midfield. You take a, a Brozovic or a Mkhitaryan, you're only going to call on Hakan or Barella. Who do you have? As long you as have, they don't call you know on Gagliardini, I'm okay. But that's the problem. <laughs> that that's the problem. When when you if you let's hypothetically say you do sub off two or three, yeah. it gets to that point where yeah. Inzaghi has to consider that. He doesn't but have a lot of options. Know, I think me and Alex, like, we know what, like Eduardo says, Inzaghi's substitutions at times, I feel like they're already decided. Like, we already know yeah. Di Marco is going to, because that guy starts to puff around the 65th, 70th minute. He looks like he's dying and he'll bring on Gosens. Then he'll sub off either whoever starts, either Jekyll or Lukaku. Mm-hmm. They'll come off at, like, 75th minute. And then, you know, <laughs> Nick Snox, by the way, he came on my channel earlier. I did a live stream. And this guy, no joke, came on with a Gagliardini shirt and he was wearing it the other wow. way around. You know, yeah. I nearly bought, we, do you remember in, uh, the, it was the first year of Spalletti when uh, at, the, at the second half of that year, when they got back to the Champions League for the first time in forever and Gagliardini and Brozovic had just for like three months, yeah, the partnership. Yeah. With the double, it was just off the hook that double pivot, and I, I nearly bought a Gagliardini jersey after that. I was like so high. I ended up getting a Brozovic instead, which was a good decision. But Nick Snox was from this season. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Sh- Sharma, um, you talk to more Inter fans than I do these days. Um, do, like, what is the pulse of Interisti? Do you get the? Fe- is there a feeling of? kind of playing with house money, being such big underdogs, or is the feeling there's going to be depression if they don't pull it off tomorrow? Yeah, I did a, as I said, I did a live stream like a couple of hours ago. It was a call-in show and I had like maybe 10 or 12 guys come in and pretty much all the Interistic predicted a win. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, feeling confident, I think. I, I, wouldn't like go, I, I wouldn't go confident, but... I guess the other pressure on the other day is, is on Man City, and to me. I, I like. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask for both sides. Like, is what is one area that you think that I'm gonna say for Inter or Man City that should emphasize on? I, I know that tomorrow you can say I would like to score more. I like to do this more, <laughs> or the, obviously you're gonna say eleven things. But as Simone and Zaghi, I'm pretty sure, or Pep Guardiola, they're obviously focusing on the most pivotal area and what do you think is the most important in order for them to win tomorrow like i i i'm just curious well why don't you start kane for the man city side first thing that pops into my mind is the midfield man it wasn't something that city were able to effectively dominate against chelsea it's really the engine of their creativity um, a lot of those guys, if, if they can't get going in the midfield, then it really doesn't matter what happens out wide or happens in front. You know, Holland is going to be Holland. Like, he's going to put Inter's, you know, back completely through the paces. That's what he's there for. You know, he's there to stretch the field. He's there to have that blinding speed. But if you can neuter those balls in or, or if city cannot get those balls in, find a creative way 
for the midfield to link up with that, that is probably the thing that concerns me the most would be the midfield. I do think, whereas in years past, I might've been concerned about the back four. I think that a lot of cities defensive woes have tightened up to the point where I feel like for me, whether it's the age thing that I mentioned or just needing that creativity, it all kind of generates out of the midfield and, and, and Pep loving to use that pivot, you know? So you brought up the double pivot. That's Pep's thing. You know, he loves to use those pivots. And I think you're going to see two people here that are legitimately and intimately going to go after that and try and impose their tactical will upon each other. And I think it's going to be one of the most interesting things to watch play out. What do you think Sharma on the inter side? What do you look for? Yeah, I think, um, you know, even I know you're a big fan, Donald, like Brozovic, that midfield battle, like over the years, if Inter, if Brozovic is, you know, ticking, then Inter are ticking. If, if Brozovic, you know, if we manage to play out that high press that Man City have and, you know, Barella, Hakan help him out and we manage to win that midfield battle, that's the thing. That's where the game will be won and lost. So I'm, I'm focusing on that. Same area as well. But I think for us, I think Onana will be uh, very important for us. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah. you know, we saw it last year, you know, Real Madrid when they won there, they got their asses kicked by Liverpool, but Courtois was man of the match. And then, you know, they had one chance and they took it. So I imagine something similar for us. Yeah. And, and, and the big thing is going to be, you know, because we know Sharma Inter are not going to get very much of the ball, maybe 30, 35 percent possession. So you have to be so decisive on your attacks and counterattacks. Like you can't, you can't waste a single pass because if you, if you give up possession, you don't know when you're going to get it back. Yeah. yeah. I, think it's, I, think, I think it comes down to the defense and it's an aging back line for me. Like you got a Cherby who's, I, I you know, I'm not even going to slander him because he's proven me wrong. He, I, I didn't think he would be this good this this year. So after last year, he was really – I'm going to be honest. I was wrong about him. Good for him, though. You know what? He proved many people wrong. But then you got Bastoni, and then you got Darmian. And, and and it's scary because after that, you got DeVry, who's who's aging. And you got um, – who else do you have? Uh, half a screenier. Half yeah. a screenier. And the other guy who's been there for 25 oh, years. Ambrosio. Uh, yeah. so, he has been there for so, about that long. <laughs> so, so like, I think it's the, the, the biggest thing to me is that that first pass out of the backfield, if, if Man City pressures that back end, it could cause turnovers, and that's where it becomes a little iffy for Inter. On the opposite end, if Inter can counter and get that quick first pass and, and get on the counterattack, and that's where it will kind of hit Man City because they like to play high. And I think they're going to be they're going to have a possession game. And and if they're going to play a high line and then Inter can kind of react quickly, that will cause a lot of problems for Man City. So I think that's the two things, vice versa, of what I'm going to be looking at this game. But I'm just saying, man, as everyone's hypes up Pep Guardiola, I think tomorrow everyone's going to find out who the real Simone Inzaghi is. That's all I'm saying. Before we wrap it up and say our goodbyes to everyone, I want to remind you that proud partner on the Five Reasons Sports Network, Prize Picks, Prize Picks mobile app, 
prizepicks.com. This is Daily Fantasy on steroids. It's for, for those, by the way, watching and listening in Florida, fully legal in the state of Florida and in most of the United States. I, I don't know if, they, if they've got this running over uh, in the UK where Sharma is or not, but I know that over here stateside, prize picks is so much fun. Uh, you can create your account at prizepicks.com or the prizepicks mobile app. But when you create that account, use our code five, that's F I V E. And they're going to match your first deposit up to $100. You deposit hundred dollars cash. They give you hundred dollars on top of that with our code F I V E. And you simply select and you can play the UCL finals tomorrow. You can certainly play uh, game four between the heat and nuggets tonight. You simply select two, three, four, five, six players and predict if they're going to go over or under more or less than their stat projections. And if you get all your predictions correct, you're winning real money, uh, big money. You can deposit in seconds, withdraw in seconds. Very easy to get your money out, which is important. Prize picks truly is daily fantasy made easy. We are also brought to you by BetterEdge.com, which brings you a more traditional betting experience, but with a twist. Because you're betting against other people right on the site instead of betting against a bookie or a house, which means completely legal in the state of Florida. And it also means no juice. You're not having to bet minus 110 to win less money back than what you paid. None of that nonsense at betteredge.com. We have a code for that as well, 5RSN. When you log in to betteredge.com, use our code 5RSN, and they're going to give you a $20 sign-up bonus just for signing up and try it out. So... I want to say the goodbyes and and, let, and if anybody has anything they want to promote, uh, Uncle Sharma, let me start with you. Uh, I, a lot of people in the live chat seem to already know about your channel, but if you want to promote that, let people know where they can find you. No, yeah, just uh, Uncle Sharma on YouTube. But no, I just appreciate being back on here, guys. And uh, yeah, don't know if you guys are thinking of coming, bringing it back, but I'll be I'll be very happy if you guys bring a culture connection back. I was talking with Jerry that maybe we can do more of these on Fridays. So maybe, maybe we can start making this happen uh, a little bit more often because and, and talk, yeah. And talk, talking to people like yourself. And also this is like a, a big reunion for me because I haven't talked to my pal Kane in way too long of a time. And Kane, <laughs> we've, got a a, we, we've got a kit bet going for yep. tomorrow. I, I feel like I should have like be getting a goal or something with how big of an under, but I, I'm a man of my word Enter a big underdogs, but we're going straight up. Whoever hoists the trophy wins. Whoever doesn't loses. If I and we're lose, throwing, we're throwing on the patches. We we right. made a deal that whoever whoever wins gets that UCL champions patch as part of this. So it's you know everyone's got. Uh, as far as myself, if anyone wants to check out my channel, I cover comics and mythology on YouTube at uh, Gospel of Galactus. But I also cover sports uh, and uh, college football as well on twitter at fight on twist so yeah check me out there man and alex it's always a pleasure to be back here with you and i really i really felt like it was something i needed to do was to reach out to you and get this going it had just been too long man i, I love it uh re reconnecting with one of my favorite man city supporters hopefully we can humble kane tomorrow if it doesn't go the other way around and, and jerry jerry i missed you so much as well i talked to you a little bit a little bit more often still to this day but not nearly enough you have anything to promote sir go ahead i stopped writing man no i stopped writing I, I, this podcast culture connection I, I took a step back man f twitter f all of it man it's just toxic the twitter i i after after my mental stress in in january taking a month off from work and i had to go through like a lot of like they they, they gave me a lot of um support it was tough, but like I, the, the the best thing I ever did was just get off Twitter and like I do one tweet a day, say it, 
and I don't look at it all day, man. I'm telling you, man, Twitter is like I see people on it making it look like it's a soap opera. I'm telling you, man, go touch grass because you'll feel better in your life, man. Go touch grass. It's so much different. Like Bye, man. And you think that the world is like that. And then you step no, outside, man. like everyone's chill, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, I'm man. I'm just saying, man, I used to be like guy where I had to like get follows and I wanted people to follow me back and I had to be heard and people had to love my tweets and I don't really care anymore. I tweet it out. You like it, you like it, you don't, you don't. You, at the end of the day, not everyone's going to like what you have to say. Not everyone's going to have this mutual con. Um, common interest but yeah man i just try to spend more time watching the game than, than focusing on twitter and trying to tweet something out it's just even the writing i, I took a step back because it was just too much of it i was doing i do want to do tfc media again for world football index that's always that's always open to me so and they're they're a great site James well, why don't you cut why don't you come down to florida and cover Messi down here in miami yeah <laughs> i'm gonna be honest he doesn't interest me Maybe 20 years ago, he doesn't interest me. I, I, I just think he's at that peak now in his career where we've seen everything he can possibly do, and and I like I saw Insigne and I saw Bernadeschi and I thought Bernadeschi was cool to like interview. I asked him a question in the press conference. They don't they don't strike me, man. Like I don't know, like Messi, Messi 20 years ago when he was in the the, the prime of his career and killing it. I would love ago. to. I don't know, ten. Ten, ten years ago, I don't Two know. Years ten years ago, ago. <laughs> I don't know. You just man. won a World Cup. Well, you know what's funny, Sharma. Well, I, sh sh I love to say something real quick to Sharma. I know God has a sense of humor because for so many years I was praying for Messi to come to Inter, and then God sends Messi to Inter Miami. He has a sense of humor up there. <laughs> uh, maybe a minority about Messi. I don't know. I just. He, it's it's great. There, at the end of the day, when I looked at Insigne, it was uh, at, at the first time I was like, I want to meet this guy. When I actually met him, I was like, there's nothing special, man. Honestly, you you're you're just a human being who yeah. plays football on a pitch, and everyone hypes you up, and you're a miserable piece of shit behind closed doors. That's what he is. <laughs> He's a miserable piece of crap behind closed doors. Bernadeschi is the nicest guy. He's actually oh, the nicest man. guy. But anyways, that's a whole different – I digress. Uh, on that note, I've got to go uh, pick up my uh, my little Interista from camp. So huge thank you and shout-out to Jerry, to Uncle Sharma, to Kane. Make sure you check out everybody's work and everybody's channels. And make sure on this channel, whether you're watching on the Calcho Connection channel, hit the thumbs up and subscribe. Or if you're watching on the Five Reasons Sports Network, hit that thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. We'll talk to you again next time. Uh, right here. I don't know which, because I'm we're on two channels. I don't know which one to plug. So let me just say ciao and goodbye. Yep. <laughs>